Jesus' teaching is just as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. He tackles tough issues head on. Here is what Jesus says about giving to the needy. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Well, today we uh, are beginning chapter 6 of Matthew. It's the second chapter of the three chapters that that make up the Sermon on the Mount. For four and a half months, we went through uh, Matthew chapter five, and today we begin Matthew chapter six. So we're a third of the way through. Let me share this meme that I found on, on the internet. And it goes, I really enjoy all your religious posts on Facebook. Ever consider modifying your behavior to match them? It's quite a, it's quite a dig. And what we're talking about here is, of course, hypocrisy. And I think every one of us knows when we're being hypocritical. You know, one of the reasons I don't like going on Facebook um, is not because I'm, I'm, I've got any sort of a, a religious reason for it, except that I don't like to see my brothers and sisters in Christ posting things that do not reflect their faith, but are in fact quite the opposite. On the other hand, it's, uh, it's intriguing to me that people who are not following Christ will post things that are, are religious or Christian in nature. There's a real hypocrisy about humans. And you know, we, we talked about how we fail in so many ways. We're, Jesus points out in Matthew chapter five that, that we lie, we we, uh, we commit adultery in our hearts, we murder with our words, we divorce. Uh, we, Jesus reveals that we're, we're, not, we're not very nice people most of the time. And, and today you're gonna hear Jesus tell us what it means to be a hypocrite and what it means to be righteous. And so I wanna just point something out before we go any further. A hypocrite is, is really... Uh, an actor. It comes from the Greek word hypocrites, which means actor. Jesus is pointing out the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and all those who are religious fakes. And so my question for you today is this, are you a fake? A fake is somebody who on the outside looks religious, looks spiritual, looks good, but on the inside, their heart is far from God. Their heart is motivated by selfish reasons and by selfish motives. So if we're honest, we, we have to acknowledge that in fact all of us are at times hypocrites, and you'll see what I mean in just a few moments. But again, a hypocrite is somebody who is acting religious or acting righteous, but in fact 
their hearts are far from God. Jesus called the Pharisees whitewashed tombs. They look great on the outside, but inside they're just filled with death. So Jesus challenges us in the first verses of Matthew chapter 6 and asks the question, uh, are you a hypocrite? And that's the question for us today. How are we living our lives? Are we living our lives in such a way that people would look at us and see Christ? In chapter uh, 5, the first few verses of that chapter is what we call the Beatitudes. And we were examining through the Beatitudes what it is to have Christian character. What does a Christian look like? What's a Christian like? Well, you have to read the Beatitudes, and that tells you what Christians are like. And then we move further on, and Jesus talks about the influence that a Christian can have on his world. That is a Christian who has godly character as outlined by the Beatitudes. So Jesus is talking about our character, then he's talking about the influence that we exert uh, on this world. And he uses uh, the, the, the metaphors of salt and light to show us how we in fact influence the world. Jesus then goes on to talk about our righteousness. And the thing is this, is that if we're going to continue to have godly character that makes a, a difference in this world, then we need to have the righteousness that comes from God. The Pharisees, they had an, an external, an outward righteousness, but in fact, we know that they are trying to find all kinds of loopholes and ways to get around the law. But Jesus shows us what the law of God is truly and purely. And so we are called then to be a people who, who have the righteousness of Christ. And we said that the righteousness of Christ comes through faith in the one who is righteous and his name is Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. This is who we are. This is what we preach here, a righteousness that comes from Christ. And once we put our faith in Christ, we receive his Holy Spirit who then makes it possible for us to live in such a way as to please the Lord. Now, I want to share with you another, uh, an, uh, uh, the words of another great man. His name is uh, Jeremy Taylor uh, from the 15th century. And he says this, Whoever is a hypocrite in his religion mocks God, presenting to him the outside and reserving the inward for his enemy. What he's saying here is that if you are a religious hypocrite, then on the outside you look great, you're saying all the right things, you're doing all the right things, but in your heart, your heart's far from God. In fact, your heart belongs to the enemy of God, whose name is Satan. So this is serious stuff, folks. Jesus is not tolerating any sort of hypocrisy. He will not tolerate us acting like religious or righteous people. He wants us to be righteous people. When you look at, at hypocrisy at its core, you recognize that, that people who are hypocritical, and, and I, this applies really to all of us because we've all been or we all are hypocrites at times. It's all about me. It's all about what, what can I get and how good will I look and what will people think of me? This really is a human, a human nature. We, we want to find and have the approval of other people more than we want the approval of God. And Jesus now is telling us in Matthew chapter 6, 
verses 1 to 5, that we need to be more concerned about what God thinks of us rather than what people think of us. Because when you care about what people think about you, then suddenly you do not have a righteousness from heaven. Now you have what every unconverted man and woman has, and that is a desire to promote self, to put self first. I'll explain to you more about this in just a few moments. But understand this. Because Jesus knows the human heart, he's able to expose us for what we are. And the fact is, we love the approval of humans. The Proverbs tell us, tells us that the love of the approval of others, of, of humans, is a trap and a snare. And the Apostle Paul says, if I was still looking for the approval of humans, then I wouldn't be a servant of God. So let's look to see what Jesus tells us about what a hypocrite is and what hypocrisy looks like. And we're looking then at Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, uh, and we're looking at the, the five verses, but first let's look at verse 1. And Jesus says this, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Now, this seems to contradict what Jesus says in Matthew chapter five, verse 16. And Jesus says in verse 16 of chapter five, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now, it seems to be contradictory. It seems to contradict this verse. But here's what you need to know. Matthew 5, 16 is all about bringing glory to God. And here in this verse, Jesus points out that there are people who are trying to, to be righteous for the sake of gaining self-glory. There's the difference. In, the, in, in verse 16 of Matthew 5, Jesus is talking about living in such a way that the people around us give glory to God and not to self. But unfortunately, there's too many people who, who forget this. And in trying to do good, they end up bringing glory to themselves. And it's for this reason Jesus gives a stern warning. Beware, be careful, be mindful, think about this. Don't take this lightly. Take measures to make sure that you are getting no praise. Jesus, if he were to expand on this, would say, whatever you do, don't talk about yourself. If you're doing good things for other people, if you're being kind and sharing, uh, sharing your wealth with those in need, if you're giving alms or, or giving charity, whatever you do, don't tell people about it and don't talk about yourself. In other words, you, you shouldn't use the word I. Drop that first-person pronoun I, and don't say I did this and I did that and I, I'm a wonderful person. You know, humans love to be recognized. They love for people to know how wonderful they are. That's why when you go to hospitals, you'll see wings named after Mr. and Mrs. somebody and, 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 and Mr. somebody else and Mrs. somebody else. And oftentimes in the, in the lobbies of hospitals, and I've seen it even in churches, where they've actually got, got plaques all over the place 
listing the names of people who gave certain amounts of money. For instance, uh, in one hospital, I'm not going to name names, but they've got the, the board with the founders, and those are the people that gave the most amount of money, somewhere over twenty-five or $50,000. And then you've got the owner who's given between fifteen and 20000 and then the builder who's given less, and then the partner who gives even less, and then the helper who gives even less. But there's a hierarchy of giving here, and the, the goal is to get your name on the list of the big donors, the big givers. Why? Because it makes us look good and it makes us feel important. We love the glory of humans. I saw a, a ministry, I'm not, again, I won't mention names, where in the foyer, the lobby of this ministry, they had exactly the same thing. It was a tree with leaves and every leaf was the person, name of the person, Mr., Mrs., whoever, who gave X number of dollars. And in doing this, there's a sort of a peer pressure, uh, there's a manipulation that goes on here, and there's an appeal to the, the, the selfishness, the sinful nature in every human, this desire to be recognized, to be appreciated, this desire to have glory come to self. So here's, here's the thing. If you're going to be the, the person who practices true righteousness, then you've got to make sure that you're not doing it before other people, that you're doing it before God. Why? Well, God wants us to be clear about this. You, you will not receive your reward from your Father who is in heaven if you're doing this, if you're doing your giving for self-glory. I want you to see something when it talks here about your righteousness, in the Greek it actually says when you're practicing your alms, and actually most versions now post it like this or, or write it like this, but in fact uh, the King James Version and the Greek actually talk about practicing your alms before other people. Alms was, an act, was a righteous act, an act of giving, and it was considered uh, an act that brought the blessing of God. So what, what we need to understand is that, is that if you're going to give, give to a person privately. Give it to them in a way that, they, that nobody else will see it. In fact, any act of righteousness needs to be done only for, for the sake of God and for his glory and honor. You don't want to be recognized for your giving. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to tell people, uh, I'm, a, I'm an amazing person. You, you don't want people coming up to you and saying, wow, you're one of the most amazing Christians I've ever met. If that's happening to you right now, oh my goodness, you have totally misunderstood this concept, this, this idea of what true righteousness is. So our giving, our kindness to others is not for self, but it's for the glory of God. And so I would recommend that you never, ever use the pronoun I. I did this, and I did that, and I gave to this, and I started this, and I started the other thing, and I'm a wonderful Christian, and have you ever seen anybody so righteous as me? Jesus says, beware of this practice. Don't do that. Why? Because then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. That word reward in Greek is actually wages. It still uses the same word for wages in Greek. And Jesus is clear here. We are stewards, his stewards. 
We are, we are members of his kingdom. And as members of his kingdom, then you and I are, are, are serving him. We, we do his work. And then he pays us the wages of, of a servant. So it's not like you're going to get to heaven and all of a sudden be given a, a crown or some kind of a reward, although there may very well be rewards in heaven for almsgiving and for your secret righteousness. But more importantly, it's about what happens right here and right now. God says if, if you're practicing your righteousness before other people, don't expect to be paid anything more. You got your reward. Your reward is the pat on the back. Your reward are those words, what a wonderful guy you are. You and I have got to realize this. And you know, it's something that in our generation, we've forgotten about this because everything now is so public. We want to tell everybody about, about ourselves and how wonderful we are. We, we talked about this back a few months ago, about how we love to post stuff about ourselves. We love to tell people about all the things we're doing, even, even as far as telling people how much we're giving and how much we're helping others. Jesus says, button it. If you're going to do good, do it so that only God knows about it. If you can do it anonymously, that's even better. Do it for the glory of God. Now you say, well, Pastor Allen, what are the wages or, or the reward that Jesus is talking about? Well, it's, I'm, it's a great question, and, and there's a simple answer. God's, God's wages for his faithful servants are his provision, are the provision in many, many ways. God wants to provide for you. He wants to meet your need. He wants to bless you. He wants to help you. But you need to understand that the reward or that the wages that he pays his, his servants are given when he alone gets the glory. How ridiculous would it be if the Queen of England was, was traveling along, got to her destination, and then suddenly one of the guards or one of the footmen, one of the servants stood up as though everybody had gathered to see the footman or the soldier. Nobody's there to see a footman. No one's there to see a servant or a soldier. They're there to see the, the, the monarch. And we have to understand that. That's exactly how this works. That servant is being paid to serve the monarch. And so it is with us. We are being paid by God to serve our monarch. He is going to provide for you. He is going to meet your every need. He's going to bless you. He's going to help you. But you need to do your righteousness before God and for the glory of God and not for your own glory or for yourself. So the next verse says, Thus... Or therefore, when you give to the needy, don't sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. There's no pay. You cannot depend on God to meet your needs if you're going around stealing glory from God. Isaiah tells us, God speaks to the prophet Isaiah who tells us clearly that God will not share his glory with anyone. And so whatever we do, we do it for the glory of God. And I'm going to say, if you look at that, uh, that they may be praised by others. Look at that there. In the Greek, again, it, it's, I like the way it's stated. You won't, uh, you, you should not, you must not 
be looking to be glorified. Because this is what people are doing here. This is what Jesus is pointing out. This sin of looking for, for recognition and for glory. You're trying to gain glory for yourself. You want to be praised by others. Folks, I'm gonna tell you something. This is exactly what Satan wants. He wants to bring glory to himself. This is why, why Satan rebelled against God. He didn't want to give any glory to God. He wanted to steal glory from God. And all the children of Satan want to do the same thing. So the question is, are you a children of God, child of God or are you a child of the prince of this world? You know, when I was just a young man, and I finished doing my youth ministry, I had a pastor say to me, Alan, your next move has got to be a big move because you have to make a name for yourself. I had a choice of going to Calgary or going to Carberry. And I prayed about it, and I felt God telling me that I needed to go to Carberry. Well, there's all kinds of good reasons uh, that, that came clear to me after the fact. I won't go into it right now, but... I wanted to honor God. I wanted to do his will and not my will. And so this pastor says, you're making a big mistake. You need to make a name for yourself. I was shocked that this man who'd been in the ministry for so many years would say such a horrendous thing. It's something that is clearly contrary to what Jesus teaches us. We're not going around so that, so that we may be praised by others, so that we be, may be glorified by others, or that we would make a name for ourselves. That's, that's God's job. If God wants to, to advance me or elevate me, or do that's his business. But I need to have the attitude of John the Baptist, who said this. When questioned, John, aren't you jealous that Jesus is, is now becoming greater than you, that Jesus is now more popular than you, that, that more people are listening to him, more people are listening to his preaching? And John understood exactly his role, which is the role of all of us. John said, he must increase and I must decrease. This is the attitude of a righteous man or a righteous woman. My, my pastor Pastor Barber, if he taught me anything, he taught me that all glory must go to God. Pastor Barber wanted no glory for himself. Great man that he was, in my opinion, he wanted no glory. And so it is with everybody who wants to honor the Lord. You must be concerned about bringing glory to God. So here's what Jesus says, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. And again, if you look at it in the Greek, basically, Jesus is saying, uh, you're, you're not getting anything else from God. You received, your, you, you received your wages. You received your payment. And your wages, your payment, is that you got a pat on the back, and you, and you received that pat on the back, and you liked that pat on the back. In fact, you were looking for that pat on the back. That's your salary. That's your wages. Now, I want the Spirit of God to speak to you right now. Because some of you are wondering, why am I not receiving from God more? You are expecting more from God, but you don't seem to be receiving what you think you should be receiving from him. And by the way, that's not, that's not a, a bad thing. That's not a, a wrong thing. It's a right thing, in fact. 
Jesus himself taught us to ask and we shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. This is God's great, great joy to provide for his children. But when you and I fail to understand that our job is to bring glory to God, then what happens is that we, and oftentimes it's in ignorance, but most of the time it's not in ignorance, we actually stop the flow of God's blessing in our lives. And I'm gonna talk about more of that in just a moment, but maybe you need to take a moment right now to, to reflect and to think, am I giving all the glory to God or am I taking glory for myself? God will not share his glory with anybody. You and I are called to live lives that glorify God alone. So, We know now what hypocrisy looks like. It's all about blowing trumpets so everybody sees how wonderful we are. And Jesus says, no, these are actors. These are not true children of God. So what does godliness look like? So here's what Jesus says. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Powerful stuff. So let's quickly take a look at that. Righteousness, according to Christ, is making sure that only God receives the glory for the good things that you're doing. In fact, if you can give anonymously, that would be best. But you definitely can't go around and must not go around telling people how wonderful you are. That is what Jesus defines as unrighteous. I have, I've heard people over the years love to talk about themselves. One of the things that I was told when I was, uh, I don't know, 20 years ago, Alan, you need to make, a, you need to make your own website, and you need, to, you need to start Alan Duncalf Ministries, and you need to promote yourself, you need to put yourself forward. And I am I'm appalled at that, because my job is to decrease as Christ increases. And if God can use me in any way, it will be because of what he does by his spirit. It's not because I have orchestrated it for my glory and honor. That's exactly what the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were doing. They were trying to find a way to bring glory to themselves. The next thing that you need to see is that, is that your, your goodness, your giving, your alms should be done secretly. And I'm gonna tell you, secrecy really is the key to righteousness when it comes to giving. I remember uh, hearing a TV evangelist uh, who was willing to help out a, a very prominent uh, ministry uh, in Africa, a ministry that took care of the poor and the needy, that provided shelter uh, and homes and schooling for orphaned children in Africa. But there was one condition that this TV ministry attached to their gift, and it was this. The the TV evangelist's name had to be prominently displayed. In fact, they wanted to make it look like that the ministry in Africa was at their initiative. So in other words, what they wanted was they wanted to receive glory for that work being done in Africa. They were not willing to give unless the, the name of the evangelist could be put up in lights, as it were. And I was, again, I'm appalled 
Are we doing this for the glory of God? Or are we doing it for the glory of the evangelist? It's no wonder that people today have now forgotten this kind of secret righteousness, this kind of secret giving. We're so used to TV evangelists getting photographed or videotaped and, and treated like rock stars that uh, we, we, don't even, we don't even think of the words of Christ. We don't even stop to consider how evil it is. And that's right, it is evil. It's not just ignorance, it's evil. These are strong words. But remember, we're talking about what godliness looks like. We're talking about the importance of bringing glory to God. That is the sole purpose of every Christian. Did you know that? The chief end of man is to enjoy God forever and to bring glory to him. And the way that we bring glory to him is by making sure that when we give, we are causing people to praise our Father in heaven. Do you know there is a special place in the temple it was called the chamber of the silent. It was an out-of-the-way out place in the temple. And it was there that shy, humble Jews could go and leave their gifts secretly, their charity, their alms. They didn't want anybody to, to see them give. They wanted to do it privately, secretly, for the glory of God. And there was another place nearby that was provided for the shy, poor Jews who were in need but didn't want to be seen begging and didn't want to be seen asking for help. And so here are these, these two groups of people, these people that wanted to give in silence and these people who were poor and needed to receive in silence, they would come, these, these poor people would come and take what they needed People gave, and people were helped, but no one knew the identity of these groups of people. What's the net effect? The net effect is that only God is glorified. God alone gets the glory for what happens here. Oh, to understand this, to live this way, to give for the glory of God, this is, this is what true righteousness, Jesus tells us. And I want you to recognize something else here. I want you to recognize that your father who sees in secret will reward you. And uh, I want you to understand that when it says here that he will reward you, what, what it says again is that he will be paying you in a way that will be obvious to all. So it's interesting, isn't it? So rather than you getting glory for yourself, you give and God will bless you. And it will be obvious to all that you have the blessing of God. And you did not say one word about yourself. You did not speak about yourself. You just gave for the glory of God. You know, God's richest blessing will in fact rest on you and on everyone who chooses to live the way that Christ calls us to live. This is the righteousness of Christ. Now, the question is this, how do you want to be rewarded? How do you want to be paid? Do you want the approval of man? Do you want the pat on the back from other humans? Do you want people to go around and say how wonderful you are? Because that'll be your payment if that's what you want. The alternative 
is to receive the praise of God and the blessing of God. The godly, the righteous, want only God to receive all the glory and the praise. In the same way, let your light, let your acts of giving shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I want you to see the difference here. This is about glorifying God, making sure God gets all the glory. It's not about you getting any glory, because the minute you get glory is a minute that you are no longer acting as a servant of the King of Kings. And then Jesus ends this passage in Matthew 6, three to four with these words, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Here's a fundamental truth of the Old Testament and the New Testament. Giving is described as a part of God's cycle of blessing. You read about it in the Proverbs and throughout the Old Testament. Proverbs 11.25 says, The generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered. In other words, if you are generous, if you're giving and you're sharing and doing as unto God, then you can count on God's provision in your life. And Jesus says the same thing, doesn't he, in Matthew or Luke, pardon me, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. This is, this is the cycle of God's blessing. And this is what God's people need to understand. We give, we share for the glory of God, and God meets our needs, and everybody's needs are met. It's a glorious and wonderful thing. But you're going to have to do it God's way. And I'm going to tell you that this cycle applies not just to giving money. It, gives, it, it, it applies to all kinds of giving, uh, of all kinds of help, all forms of giving for the glory of God. So, you know, one of the things I just want to share with you before we take communion is that this church, Cross Church, has done has done the will of God, I believe. We've worked hard at being sensitive to God's purposes and plans. And because of our willingness to submit to God, God has been able to do great things through this church. Do you know that throughout this pandemic, we have been, uh, I guess you call it a clearinghouse or a channel, a channel of God's blessing, and we've been able to give thousands of dollars to people who have been in need during this time of COVID-19. It, it's absolutely mind-boggling. I've had people give thousands of dollars and say, here, give this to those who are in need. And you know, we've been able to continue to meet the needs in Burundi and uh, throughout this pandemic, even though some people lost their jobs, it, we've still been able to care for over 400, uh, maybe 450 children in Village of Hope, Burundi, the two villages there. It's amazing, absolutely amazing to me. And as we have sought to honor God by caring for the needs of others, God has in turn met our needs. And I shared with you earlier that throughout this time of the pandemic, we have seen 
our budget met every week, even though we have given tens of thousands of dollars. It's absolutely mind-boggling. I want to point something out to you. We work really hard at providing you opportunity to meet the needs of others. This is why we, we in February, do this, this, this banquet that we do, so that we can get kids sponsored in, in Burundi. If you think that you are poor, you've, you don't know what poverty is until you visit Burundi and see how these poor children, who many of them are, are orphans, you see how they live and you'll see the great need. Even though we have needs here, I will always promote the needs of the poor and needy because I believe that that is God's will. It's why we, we ask you to give to the work in Cross Church Burundi and again, we've seen thousands of dollars come in so that we can plant churches. We, we just did the shoebox drive, over 300 boxes filled for Operation Christmas Child or Christmas uh, shoeboxes. Uh, and we're doing these Max Thunder hampers, uh, putting together 40 of them for those who are in desperate need in the north. And we have this the ongoing benevolence of this church, a benevolence program where we're helping the poor and needy. Why do we do it? Well, we don't just do it for the needy. And this might come as a shock. We, we're not just doing it to meet the needs of others. What we're doing it is, is for you, for your sake, so that you have the opportunity to give to those in need. Because here's what happens. When you are giving to those in need, you are practicing what we would call a secret righteousness. And in practicing that secret righteousness, you will be paid in full. Your Father who sees in secret will reward you and meet all your needs. So today, if you're struggling financially, I would invite you to try giving. You can, you can send a, an e-transfer to the church and say, I want to give to the hamper program. I want to I give to somebody. I want to sponsor a child. I want to do something. And I just want to keep it as, as private as possible. Do that and watch how God will provide for you and meet your need. He will indeed reward you. Your father who sees in secret will reward you openly for all to see. All will look at your life and say, wow. God's blessing rests on his life, on her life. Because she is living the life that Christ has called her to live. We're going to have communion shortly. And I would invite you again to make sure you have your communion elements. But before we do that, I'm... We're going to show a video clip, but first, let's pray and ask God for grace to live this righteousness that he's called us to live. Father, thank you right now for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for teaching us what it is to be truly righteous. God, you're not happy with us if we're actors and hypocrites. And Father, we, we don't want to shortchange ourselves. We don't want to receive the blessing of man. We want to receive the blessing of God. We're not looking 
for a pat on the back. We're not looking for any recognition. We only want the recognition of God. Because in that, Father, we know that we will receive our reward. We will receive our wages. And uh, that means you're going to meet our every need. We have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about, as we're careful to meet the needs of others. So, Fathers, we now prepare our hearts to go into communion. We pray, Lord, that our hearts will be filled with joy now that we understand the truth and we understand how we are to live. And, God, we, again, we want to do it for your glory and for your honor. Amen.